This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we're taking a look at what's happening in North Carolina politics for the week of Monday, July 5th. Hello and welcome to Under the Dome, the News and Observer's political podcast. I am Will Doran, your host this week. We are going to be taking a look at the week ahead. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July. Um, And for us political reporters and all you political junkies out there, uh, this coming week after the 4th is going to be pretty slow. Uh, But don't turn off the podcast yet. Um, (laughs) The the legislature is shut down to let members go take summer vacations. Uh, So we're not going to have budget votes or anything like that. Um, But that doesn't mean things aren't still going to be happening, uh, whether that's behind the scenes or in front of the scenes. Uh, I'll tell you more about all that in a second. Uh, But I also just want to point out that the fact that it's a slow week means that all of y'all with tips you think we should run down or if you think maybe there's a certain bill moving forward that we haven't paid enough attention to, let us know. Uh, That stuff's easier to do when we don't also have a million things happening at the General Assembly all at once. Uh, So we are always eager to take your tips. Um, And if you've got anything, uh, send them on in. You can send them to dome at newsobserver.com. And that goes to all of us on the politics team. But with that out of the way, uh, that's not also to say that there's nothing going on in the politics world right now. Um, We've got a big and frankly surprising push for medical marijuana that actually appears to have support at the Republican-led legislature. I've been covering that, and we're expecting to see more kind of going forward there. There's a lot sort of up in the air that, you know, could still be nailed down on that. There's another big story lurking just below the service on education funding. Uh, We've had a really years-long case here in North Carolina called Leandro about that, and it appears like it might erupt in the near future. Uh, My colleague Kern Huey has written about that. I'll tell you more about that. And finally, I think probably the biggest story that you're going to see this coming week is about name, image, and likeness. Uh, That is the NIL abbreviation you've probably seen in lots of our headlines, uh, and that deals with college athletics and allowing student athletes for the first time ever to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Uh, So that started on July 1st. Uh, Current and former college athletes are now allowed to profit off of their brands, their names, whatever. That is a massive, massive change. And I think, you know, it's it's only a couple days in at this point, but it's really going to start snowballing, I think. So let's jump into that one first. Our sports columnist, Luke DeCock, has written about how the rules are still kind of unclear since while the NCAA has made this massive change now, individual states or individual schools can also pass their own stricter rules. Uh, some states have already started on that. Uh, I think some have already even done it uh, here in North Carolina, according to our Lucille Sherman, who y'all hear on a lot of these podcasts. The legislature is gearing up to tackle it pretty soon. Um, actually, a, a Democrat, Senator Wiley Nickel of Kerry, filed an NIL bill months ago. It seems prescient now, but it has gone nowhere. And frankly, there's no reason for Republicans to give Democrats a win by passing his bill. So instead, Senator Jim Perry, who's a Republican from Kinston, is working on a new version uh, with the 
uh, the updated things that uh, lawmakers are looking at now that this has actually happened. Uh, so if you missed Lucille's story on that last week, Google Jim Perry NIL and it should pop up. Uh, but basically he told her that lawmakers want uniform rules statewide instead of leaving it up to individual schools to make their own rules. Uh, that bill hasn't been filed yet. I'm not sure if we'll see it filed this week or not. Uh, he's probably enjoying his vacation as many other lawmakers are. But uh, in the meantime, I think what you are going to see this week is schools and athletes forging ahead anyways, even without the legislature uh, making a decision on this. And I'd expect to see a whole lot more decisions, endorsements, and all sorts of things like that rolling out. Um, At my alma mater, UNC Chapel Hill, the NIL rule has already led to the Tar Heels saying they're going to start selling jerseys of some former stars uh, like Mia Hamm and Tyler Hansborough and let them take a cut from it. Um, Players have to opt in, and last I saw there are around 10. That probably will have grown by the time you guys are listening to the podcast, Uh, but (laughs) as of the time I'm recording this, it's all either from women's soccer or men's basketball. And I think that probably makes sense because as Dean Smith famously said, Carolina isn't a basketball school. It's a women's soccer school. But this week, you know, will the football team get involved? The baseball team, the women's basketball team, those are some things that we might see change. Might also see bigger names get involved. Uh, You know, uh, Michael Jordan was not on that list of the first 10 people. Uh, for instance, I, I don't know, uh, if he's holding out, i obviously, uh, there are plenty of number tw- 23 jerseys getting sold already. Um, <laughs> so we'll see, uh, what all happens there this week on that. Um, and you know, if other, other schools around the state join them in that decision of, you know, selling jerseys of, of former stars, uh, and letting them kind of, you know, take a cut. And, you know, even though they're not current college athletes anymore, letting them, you know, still profit off of, uh, you know, all the enjoyment that they brought to fans of that school. Um, I think you'll also start seeing more current players start announcing endorsements. Uh, I'm pretty sure the first one from any of the major universities around the state was at UNC, um, starting forward and all ACC hair team member Armando Baycott. Uh, he signed an endorsement deal with some company called Jimmy's Famous Seafood, I've never heard of them before, but apparently they're a big deal up in the D.C. area. So I guess in one sense that endorsement deal is already working, uh, teaching us Southerners about the existence of their crab cakes that people seem to swear by. So more deals should be coming up this week. We might also start learning more about the details of what lawmakers think should be allowed here or should not be allowed here as this NIL situation evolves. Uh, A lot of people have kind of compared it to the the wild, wild west. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if people are going to, you know, be, uh, be, be getting murdered, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it is certainly a, a massive, massive change for college athletics um, and obviously something the legislature is interested in too. So we're going to be on top of that, all over that. Another story to be on the watch for that I mentioned earlier is education funding, which stems from that decades long Leandro case. Uh, for years, the various judges in, in this case have said that North Carolina is not spending enough money on public education to uphold the guarantee in the state constitution that we provide a, quote, sound, basic education, unquote, to everyone in the state. Uh, but this has raised a big separation of powers question. The legislature is clearly in charge of spending money, 
we all know that. No one disagrees with that. But the question is, can a judge make them spend more or spend money differently if he finds that their spending plans violate the state constitution? And if they refuse, could he possibly even hold top lawmakers in contempt of court? My colleague Kern Huey had a really interesting story last week delving into all of that since the judge did just approve a settlement for $5.6 billion in extra additional education spending over the next seven years, which he said would be needed to live up to the state constitution's promise of that sound basic education. However, the legislature does not appear to be at all interested in doing that due to the cost. So it certainly appears that we are headed to a showdown. Uh, I, you know, on contempt of court, you know, I, I'd be surprised to see any budget writers, you know, being led away in handcuffs. Uh, I suppose crazier things have happened, uh, but we'll see. Uh, and you know, the, the two sides disagree on how much, you know, exactly how much extra money that we've seen for education in this new budget, uh, but both agree that it's nowhere near uh, what the the settlement approved by that judge for the Leandro plan is. So big showdown brewing there, uh, part of the budget. We're going to, you know, obviously as the House comes out with their budget to, uh, you know, to compete with what the Senate has already put out, we'll see how much extra money, if any, they propose for education spending. And finally, there is the medical marijuana push that I have been writing about. Uh, we're not going to see any more hearings this week at the legislature since, like I said, they're gone. But it's definitely going to be a huge topic of discussion behind the scenes uh, People are pretty shocked that it's moving forward and so quickly. Um, Now, it certainly doesn't hurt that the sponsor of the bill is Republican Senator Bill Rabin, who is one of the most influential lawmakers in the state uh, and has been willing to basically make himself the face of this this year. Uh, He's said in the past that, you know, he's he's been working on this sort of behind the scenes for a decade, but got fed up and decided to finally push this and see if he could actually make it happen. Uh, And that bill passed its first Senate committee last week. Uh, It's very detailed, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see at least a few minor tweaks here and there down the road. I mean, there's just so much that goes into this discussion about, you know, everything from regulation of advertising to farming to you know, the police angle of, you know, legalizing marijuana for some people, but not for other people, which you'd be doing with medical. Um, So on Friday, I spoke with Attorney General Josh Stein about this for around 10 minutes. I'll play a clip of that in just a second. Um, As the state's top law enforcement officer and the co-chair of a racial justice task force that Governor Rick Cooper put together, Stein told me he would prefer to see decriminalization instead of legalization. That would essentially let people smoke pot if they wanted, whether for medical or recreational use, but they'd still have to buy from a dealer. There would not be dispensaries allowed to open up. Farmers couldn't start growing it. Uh, You wouldn't have some of the the concerns that you've heard in other states about, you know, our marijuana companies targeting their product to kids, things like that. So let's listen to a couple minutes of that interview. You're going to hear Stein allude to concerns with marketing to kids. That was a key claim in a huge $40 million settlement that he just won from a vaping company, Juul. Uh, You're also going to hear him talk about concerns with marijuana leading to an increase in driving under the influence 
as well as an uptick in mental health problems and more. So here is a clip from that interview. If we're going to legalize medical marijuana in North Carolina, it is absolutely essential that it be done right because whatever model or rules are established for medical marijuana will serve as a precedent for any potential later um, uh, change of law for adult use if or, and when that ever happens. I think the Jewel case that we just brought is a perfect example of what happens when we're asleep at the regulatory switch and then the market just explodes on us and then we're playing, we're forced to play catch up uh, to deal with the consequences. And with marijuana sales in North Carolina, I absolutely do not want to see that happen. I think the law could be, uh, the bill could be strengthened to ensure, uh, better ensure that we have safe roads and, and the public is safe. There's no money dedicated to law enforcement or the state crime lab that I saw um, to increase, to deal with what we are certain will be an increase in people driving under the influence. Um, we know that if this law passes, there will be more people suffering from marijuana use disorder and suffering from psychosis and other uh, crises. And there's no money to deal with the treatment for those people that we know are going to, uh, that we, that reality we know will happen. There's no money for educating kids about how to um, appreciate the genuine risk of marijuana smoking for teenagers and what it can do to their brain development. Um, and frankly, to do all of those things that I just described and more takes time and resources to develop it right. And uh, I think that the, the, the time is too rushed and the resources too few in, in the bill uh, to make sure that if this happens, it's done right. Those are all good points. I, I know Senator Muhammad uh, brought up uh, specifically the issue of you know additional mental health resources that you just mentioned, and uh, Senator Rabin told him he'd be open to that. So, you know, I, I think there are a lot of moving parts here, um, but in in general, it's something you're. It, it sounds like you're a little skeptical of, but not fully against. I, I, I support people being people with um, genuine health needs who can benefit from marijuana being able to access marijuana. I support that. And that requires us to change the law, but we have to be incredibly careful in how that is done because there are so many other consequences that can result if it's not done correctly. So as you see there, it's a complicated topic and one with plenty to consider and plenty of moving parts. You can bet that's something that will keep percolating behind the scenes this week, along with that education funding battle that might erupt in drama and the NIL announcements that seem like they're just really about to start pouring in. So stay tuned and as always, send us your tips and story ideas and thank you for listening. 
For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for her weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.